I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and you're listening to the She Who Overcomes podcast, the weekly show that helps you spark hope and creativity for your life and business. In case we've never met before, I'm the chief creative officer and a leadership coach at a company called Rayma Team. I love coffee dates and books, stiletto shoes, running, kayaking, and I just happen to be living with a disease called cystic fibrosis. I'm sharing my story as well as the stories of people from around the world to help you rise up with hope-filled action. Grab your coffee and let's hang out. Hey there, beautiful overcomer. Today's episode is sponsored by the 2021 Life and Business Plan Virtual Retreat with Rayma Team. So I'm hanging out with my bestie, Rachel Perman, right now, and we have a special invitation for all of you listening today. Yes, we do, Mandy, and we want to invite your loyal podcast listeners to join us on Friday, December 11th for our third annual virtual retreat. It's designed to help you gain clarity and direction for your life and career in this coming new year. This is really a client favorite for sure. In fact, we've already got several clients registered and they're saying things like, I'm so excited. This retreat has been so significant for me, my family, and my business over the last three years. That's from Krista Schaefer. And then we have Jen Winterberg saying, I'm so excited for this. Join us for some amazing retrospection and forward thinking. This has given me so much clarity in years past. So that's what people are saying who have attended it before and are looking forward to it with excitement. So Rachel, let's tell the listeners really quick what they can expect that day. Our past attendees really do love this day, and it's one of our favorites as well. So like I said, it's happening Friday, December 11th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. All sessions are going to take place via Zoom, so you can attend from anywhere in the world, and they will be recorded. So just in case you can't be there live, um, sign up because everything will be recorded, and you can do it at a later date. When you register, you're going to get instant access to the retreat community area on our website, where you can start connecting with the other attendees, as well as Mandy and I. So let's talk real quick through the session. Session one is from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. All of these times are in Central Standard Time, where Mandy and I are. Um, And session one is about discovering the lies and labels that are holding you back and how to defeat them. We're going to take some time to find the blessings in the mess with a personal urine review. And finally, we're going to focus on our 2021 personal goals. So these are going to be your life goals that are important and attainable. Session two, we're going to take a lunch break, then start session two at one o'clock. One o'clock to three o'clock, we're going to discover objections and excuses that are stopping you from building your business or career the way that you want. We're going to celebrate the growth from this past year with the business career year in review. And then finally, we're going to finish that session by focusing on your 2021 business and career goals. And we want those to be realistic and to stretch you at the same time. And finally, we're doing a bonus session this year. And that session is going to be from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. And Mandy and I are going to help you discover some different health and wellness solutions. You and your family need to live a full life and lead well. We're going to talk to you about a simple business opportunity if you're looking to add another income stream in 2021. 
So that's it, guys. That is the retreat. You can register at www.raymateam.com. That's R-A-Y-M-A-T-E-A-M.com for only $97. But here's the surprise. If you register by November 30th, you're going to get 50% off your registration price. That's our Black Friday sale for you this year. So go now and join us for this timely, much-anticipated virtual retreat. Okay, that's it for everything that Rachel and I had to tell you. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hey, Overcomers, welcome back to an episode of the She Who Overcomes podcast. Today, I have a guest with me from Fargo, North Dakota, Maddie Schultz. She is the founder of Blue Cipher Bookkeeping, and I'm going to let her tell you a bit more about herself, but Maddie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, like you said, I'm from Fargo and grew up here, stuck around here. Uh, and I started Blue Cipher Bookkeeping in, just last year, actually. Um, and it's kind of taken off, which has been crazy. Yeah. Um, what we do at Blue Cipher is, so it's a little bit uh, unique because we are a completely virtual, completely remote bookkeeping firm. Mm-hmm. And really my goal with Blue Cipher when I started it was to kind of bring bookkeeping and accounting into the 21st century uh, and really utilizing more technology and things like that to make process is a lot more efficient than pen and paper used to be. That sounds like a really uh, great service to offer business owners because bookkeeping is the side of business owning that um, the majority of business owners probably know they have to do, but hate doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. that I hear that so many times. Do you? <laughs> I hate doing the books, you know, and that's something that I've just loved. And I honestly took some refresher bookkeeping courses a while back just for mm-hmm. fun and I realized most people don't do that for fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was definitely a way I realized I could partner with business owners who are great at the creative side and great at what they do and just don't mm-hmm. have time for the bookkeeping, which I do like doing. That's awesome. Well, your um, your story of how you started your business and kind of what's happened um, this year in 2020 is what really got me excited about having you on the show because I think um, you have a perspective and you've pivoted in your business in ways that um, people need to hear and know that they're not alone in. But before we dive into that conversation, I always like to ask my guests, if you were a shoe... What would you be? And what story does that say about you? Yeah, that's such a fun question. I love that. Um, For me, I would definitely be like that comfortable sneaker, that good old worn out shoe that you still keep around and it's super comfortable um, and you just slip it on because, you know, I used to try to wear heels and they're super cute and they look really nice, but I cannot walk in heels and I am super clumsy as it is. And so honestly, you know, once I got comfortable with, you know, I don't really care so much about that stuff. I'm going to wear my comfortable sneakers and travel and walk around in them. And I just love being comfortable like that. Um, And I'm actually getting married uh, this next June. And I'm even thinking about wearing uh, white sneakers under my dress. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Well, congratulations. How how have you had to change your wedding planning because of, of what's happening with coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, we are planning out until June. So we're kind of hoping that things are a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, we're just 
taking it all with a grain of salt and trying to figure out here's our tentative plans. But if that has to change, I guess we'll just have to be okay with that. So the story of the year, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So I had asked you a question um, about what is a time that you had big hope and you took massive action on it. And you said it was really leaving your full-time stable job. So can you tell us about that a little bit? Because I think as business owners, it's it's always inspiring to hear how other people took that leap of faith into making their dream a reality full-time. Yeah, definitely. So the idea to start Blue Cipher started while I was at a full-time job. And it wasn't that it was a bad job. I was actually a grants manager at a private foundation and they were doing really great work. I loved my coworkers. They felt more like family than coworkers really, but it just didn't feel like it was the right fit. Like I felt like there was more that I had to offer and in a different way. Um, the work we were doing was a lot of overseas work and I really like being involved in my community and really being working with people one-on-one um, And so when I kind of realized that bookkeeping could be that path for me, um, I started pursuing it kind of on the side. Uh, And then I just got to the point where I realized I I have to choose, you know, and it was kind of like, if I want to go full-time in this and really put myself all into this, I need to leave my day job, Um, which is terrifying, of course, because it is, you're leaving a stable income, you're leaving, you know, benefits and insurance and all this kind of stuff for the hope that you can do something that you love and actually get paid for it. Um, and I am a planner by heart. And the idea of leaving, you know, that kind of security was really terrifying. And when I chose, or when I was kind of thinking about this, I actually attended a um, entrepreneur event that someone was speaking about. And the topic was actually when to jump ship. <laughs> and Ooh, that's kind perfect. of what I knew it was my time. <laughs> I love that. So it sounds like the sign you were looking for literally popped up in front of you (laughs) with with that workshop. Um, It was kind of funny, but I think that really was kind of the push I needed to Mm -hmm. jump ship. And at the time, I actually wasn't making what I had said I would originally be comfortable with making in order to leave my full-time job. But I took a big leap of faith because I knew this was something I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, you know, if I could stick out the next few months and make it work somehow that this would lead me to a better future. Mm -hmm. So you took that leap of faith in, it was it January of this year of 2020? Yeah, I had told them um, actually like September, October, and then officially ended or left there in December. So yeah. So let's talk about that because you had mentioned um, that that was kind of a moment where, you know, for what, two months, it was hopeful. And then all of a sudden, it was like, dig in and figure out how to make this work because everything looks a little hopeless when a pandemic starts, right? (laughs) Yes. uh, Dealing with the pandemic was definitely not on the business plan. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Nobody had that on their plan for 2020. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was definitely not what I expected, you know, especially when you're starting a business. And I know I wasn't, I'm not the only person that was either in the middle of starting a business or, you know, had made growth plans and then had to, Mm -hmm. you know, stop or change some of those things with COVID. Um, So there was definitely some moments where it was a little scary and a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, 
all those fears and doubts start creeping in of like, did I make the right decision? Did Mm -hmm. I, you know, do I need to go back and find a full-time job somewhere um, if I'm not going to be able to make that growth I need in order to survive? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I did decide to just keep my head down and just keep grinding away at what I could focus on some of my internal stuff where, Mm -hmm. you know, nowadays I feel like there's a lot of times where people get so busy that they don't have time to focus on their internal processes and some of those things. So I really dug down and took the the quiet time that I had, even though I didn't necessarily want that quiet time, I took it to actually develop some more of my internal processes, Mm -hmm. which I think was really beneficial actually. So do you work primarily with yourself? Do you have contracted workers or um, part-time employees that, that work with you? What, what is your structure like and how did you set up those systems during that time? Yeah, I have had a couple of contracted workers help me out before, um, but right now um, pretty much everything is me. Uh, but what I did is in setting up these structures um, of you know everything from the consultation to closing a client to onboarding a client and those um, all of the monthly processes we have, uh, I wanted to establish something that was going to be uniform and that I could implement over and over uh, to make things easier and efficient. And so what I did during that time was I literally just documented everything. Uh, so I would have a Word document and I'd write down, I am opening up QuickBooks and going to this place and doing this thing to start this piece of something. Uh, because I know eventually in my long-term goal, I want to have um, not just contractors, but employees. Um, And that's something I think, you know, for business owners in general, um, we get really good at doing everything. Um, But when you do decide to expand and hire an employee, suddenly all the processes and things that are in your mind, you have to now explain to somebody else. Um, And so I wanted to get ahead of that and be able to write down every single thing. Um, And then if I forget or need to go back to something, then it's all written out there too. Mm -hmm. We have definitely taken time to do that at Rayma Team this year because when we first started out um, back in 2014, our our company was called Big Blue Couch Coaching then. And we rebranded last year to Rayma Team and we had what we call SOPs, so Systems of Process. And we had all of that in 2014. And then I think as time went on, we forgot to update it. And we definitely had to update it this year because things are different. And we went from a team that had um, a contracted worker to just Rachel and I. um, And my husband does podcast editing. So we definitely scaled back a little bit too, but it is that that realization that, okay, one day we're going to have to hand this over. And if we do it right now, it'll be easy. But if we wait to get these systems in place when until we need them, oh, it's going to be hard because ideally you hand that over when you get busier. So you wouldn't have the time to put these systems in place and document everything. So I think that's um, something really beneficial for new business owners or seasoned business owners that have maybe forgotten. Like, don't squander the time of being a little bit slow or having to, um, you know, have that that pandemic silence for a bit. Use it intentionally. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I was telling you before we actually hit record that I love the blue background that you have. And the photo you sent me to use for marketing for this podcast episode has you in a like a royal blue shirt. 
And I just told you, I'm like, you're a girl after my own heart because blues are my favorite. Yes. <laughs> I do love blue. So. <laughs> and you said that's why you named why you named it Blue Cipher bookke- Bookkeeping? Yeah. So the cipher word, um, you know, is the root word of decipher. And I see numbers as a puzzle and I love putting all the pieces together and making mm-hmm. it make sense. Um, and then the blue element comes from, yes, my favorite color is blue. Half my wardrobe is blue. Um, and I actually have a blue sapphire ring from one of my grandmothers. Um, that's kind of a memory too. I just got a blue diamond rose gold anniversary ring this year. And it's my favorite. It's like, it's, I don't know oh, if you can so see it there. Yeah. I'm just like blue diamonds. I need, <laughs> I need more blue diamonds. I guess I'm now in that season of my life where I want actual diamonds and not just costume jewelry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blue is a great, great color. <laughs> it is a great color. So um, what has it been like this year then? Like how long did it take you to maybe see a turnaround from putting those systems in place and business maybe picking up or kind of tell us the rest of the story? What happened as the year went on? Yeah. So when I started in January um, with being more full-time, I did already have a couple clients um, and most of them did continue with me through um, COVID. And while there were some quiet times in terms of new prospects and maybe some that had to be like, we can't do this right now. um, Honestly, I'd say about halfway through or maybe a little longer, you know, I did start getting getting a little bit more traction. And I think part of what COVID did, I mean, for all the negatives that are coming out of it, one of the positives is that people have really had to embrace technology, which is all how I work, you know, so being able to um, work remotely uh, using technology was something that one of my clients who they were kind of hesitant to work with me actually because I was remote. Uh, but when COVID hit, we were already ready because we were already working online and doing screen shares and making it easy to communicate back and forth. Um, so I think people were starting to realize how handy it can be to have someone who um, is going to take their bookkeeping and make it more efficient with technology. Um, especially since a lot of them are working from home too now. Um, and of course, knowing your numbers has never been more important. You know, besides applying for loans or that kind of stuff, everyone is trying to take a closer look at their numbers and figure out what can we do, what can't we do. Um, and answering those kind of questions, you need to have that data there to begin with. So are the majority of your clients women business owners, or do you have a mix of women and men? I have a mix of uh, men and women. Uh, I'd say the, f- the main um, industry and category I'm working with are service-based industries. Okay. And the reason why I was curious is because um, I, I have heard, and, and the clients that we've worked with who have businesses, it seems like women in business, when they're first starting out especially, they, they almost feel um, embarrassed about what they do or do not know. Um, when it comes to the finances of your company and and what that means, and um, how have you worked worked through that, either for yourself or helped other people work through that? Because sometimes we attach our worth to the finances in our books of our business, and as long as we keep doing that, we're going to have some um, setbacks and some conflict in how we are able to market and sell our services. And it's it's fascinating to me to hear the stories of business owners who finally realize like why it's so necessary to have somebody help them with this. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I would definitely agree that, you know, for women specifically, I do feel like we get in our own heads a lot of the time and we do um, have to almost fight through that. Um, for mine, of course, you know, as a new business owner too, I, there was a lot of things that I didn't know. You know, I've got my strength in finances, but I certainly didn't have strengths in social media or other things, um, even just with starting a business entity, all those little details that people don't realize. Um, and part of it was that, yeah, um, I quickly learned, you know, that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to ask for advice. And honestly, that's one of the amazing things I've loved about Fargo-Moorhead is that so many business owners and um, intelligent people in these different industries are so willing to uh, help out people that are getting started. You just have to ask. Uh, and so, you know, for my clients too, you know, I'm trying to make it so that I am, um, I'm not just your typical accountant and I'm not someone you see just once a year, but I want to be a resource that if you have a question, you can just text me, you can call me, you can email me and I'll answer it. Even, even if you're not a client, um, if you just have some random question, I don't want to make it. Um, that's part of why, you know, for my business model, I don't charge hourly. I usually have like set monthly fees. Um, and part of it was again, to kind of reiterate, you know, there isn't like a stopwatch on this relationship. It's not, you know, I'm not going to bill you every time you have a question on this stuff because there are things that you don't know necessarily, and you shouldn't have to know. Um, I'm the one who went to school and went to things and know all the little details about QuickBooks. And if there's something wrong in there, um, that's something that I can help figure out or troubleshoot for you. Because uh, when you're a business owner, you do have so many different things to focus on. and you can't know everything. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> getting help is, is so big and it's okay. And people mm -hmm. really aren't judging you as, as much as you think. Mm -hmm. it, it is so true. And I, um, I moved to Bismarck from the Fargo-Moorhead area uh, about nine years ago, I think. And it's been really fun to kind of network and get in touch with people I used to know or new business owners that I'm just now meeting, like yourself. And the, the Fargo-Moorhead community is so good at creating that, that experience of, of community for business owners. And I think Bismarck is, is finding their, uh, their community with that as well. I think it's maybe been here for a while, but um, now there's, you know, you're just able to hear about it more often. Um, so how are you staying inspired as a business owner with, you know, whether it's the things in your community, you mentioned you really like being a part of your community. Like, what does that look like for you? And because you do work remotely, you're able to work with clients all over the U.S. Like, how do you reach out and network with people across the country? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, like I might have mentioned, you know, with COVID, everyone had to turn to technology. And I feel like uh, now has never been a better time to be connecting with people even remotely. You know, I've got connections through LinkedIn um, and even through people that have followed my Facebook page for a while. Uh, and it's amazing just kind of the connections you can make, uh, especially if you just want to learn about people and hear their story. Uh, and you're not looking to sell them on anything. You genuinely want to know their business. Uh, and I think that's something that's really cool is because we're able to connect more remotely. Uh, you don't have to be in, in like a coffee shop with someone face to face. You can do it remotely if you're not in the same town. 
Um, but I do love Fargo Moorhead. And I think it's actually really fun because now I am kind of behind the scenes on some businesses uh, that I get to see it all unfold. And I really love that and being able to support that. Um, and I mean, Fargo Moorhead and most communities, they have so many events and just participating in those and you start to recognize faces and get to know people. And I just think that's super fun. Mm-hmm. You said something that, well, you've said a few things that I'm like, oh, this is quotable. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Um, but I love how you said it's amazing the connections you can make when you just want to learn about someone and not sell them all the time. I think that can be um, one of the things that that you sometimes miss in business if you just go into things always thinking, what can I sell you? How can I help you You know, with what I offer? And we forget that it really is about people. It really is about making those connections because you never know who might know somebody who would be a great connection for you and your business and vice versa, how you could help other people. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think... Oh, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say those connections too. You know, there's people that I've said no to that I'm like, mm-hmm. no, we aren't a good fit or maybe just not yet. Uh, but what is really cool is when you develop those connections is one, you still get to support small businesses and you can still share about their, uh, what they're doing in the community, Mm -hmm. which is so awesome. Um, and you still get to watch them do what they do best because there are a lot of people with crazy cool ideas and things that I could never do because I am not that creative type. Um, but if you do see the why behind what people do as well, I think it really Mm -hmm. helps. And then they see that you understand that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that drives, if you do work together, that drives your working relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. I cannot remember if you said this before we hit record or if this was in the very beginning of the episode, (laughs) but you had mentioned that um, you consider it fun learning about all these bookkeeping things and, (laughs) and everything like that. And I think it's so fascinating because you might not think that you're creative, Maddie, but you are in the sense that you, you know, seeing numbers as puzzles and um, that's a creative thing. And it's so fascinating because we kind of get stuck in this idea that creativity looks one way, like, like it means you're an artist or you do musical things or you write or something like that. But creativity is different for every single person. And that's, that's one of the exciting things is learning like when you do numbers, that's your creative process of figuring that out and helping people with that. I'm not a numbers person. Like I can, I can look at the numbers. I know why they're important, but if I don't have a calculator, I'm going to get stuck and overwhelmed. And, and even if I do have a calculator, I'm going to get stuck and overwhelmed. So um, (laughs) that is definitely not my strength, but being able to appreciate that that is your version of creativity, even though it's different than mine, I think is so important as business owners because we all bring different strengths to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a good point. <laughs> so what would you say is maybe the biggest obstacle that you have overcome that you're really proud of yourself for? Yeah, for me, I would say, honestly, the biggest obstacle um, has always been and will probably continue to be myself. Um, You know, like I had mentioned, it's so easy to get in your own head. uh, And I'm definitely somebody that does that. And I'm also an introvert by nature. 
um, which some people don't realize. And they're like, wow, you're way more extroverted than most accountants. <laughs> but the truth is I'm an introvert. Um, and when I started my business, I, I kind of knew, um, but getting into it is a different thing. Um, but when you are a business owner, you are the face of your business. And you do have to get out there and network and mingle with people. Um, and honestly, sometimes that was hard for me uh, because I was more introverted by nature. And the idea of talking to a bunch of strangers in a large crowd was not my scene at all. Um, but I think that's something that I have really come a long way in. Uh, I've gotten more confidence. Um, I'm talking on a podcast, which is a new <laughs> experience for me. So, Have you been a on a podcast those. before? This is your very first one? First podcast. <laughs> that is so funny. You are like the third guest I've had on my show who has said, this is my first podcast. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. You're doing great, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Most of the time people have done great, even yeah. though it's their first time. Yeah, it's funny. I love that. So how do you tap into your, your version of creativity and what does that look like to you? Yeah, I mean... I work best when I am all by myself in my office with the door shut, uh, which is what makes me a great bookkeeper because I love working independently and alone. Um, and when I want to get creative, I mean, honestly, it is, um, you know, just digging in with either complete silence or maybe some music in the background. Um, but honestly, sometimes creativity can come other ways too. Like I love trying new things. And honestly, some of the things I learn and something that might not even be related to bookkeeping or being a business owner, I can somehow relate to that. So yeah. I love that. And I'm not surprised that you would be introverted as a bookkeeper. I think you would have to be to be able to focus like that. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever done the 16 personalities test? Yes, I have. Okay. What is your what is your result with that? Do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. Um, I don't know if it was that test exactly, but there was one I know where my biggest score, it said that I was a deliberative person. Okay. Um, and you see life as a minefield and you tread carefully and you plan and you, yeah, <laughs> which was definitely me. So I know. took that 16 personalities, which is like the Myers-Briggs personality mm -hmm. test. And I came out as an INFJ, which mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would be surprised because that is like, I am an introvert as well, but I'm very extroverted when I'm in front of people and I love mm -hmm. people, but when it comes to filling myself back up and re-energizing, I need that alone time. So like I can be in a group of people having fun and just all of a sudden, boom, hit a wall where I have to be done. Like, okay, now I'm done. It's too much peopling and I'm done for the, for like two days. So <laughs> I think it's always fascinating because then there's the the people that are truly extroverted and they get energized from being around people. And I'm just like, I'm energized for like a little bit and then it's too much. And I need, I need that alone time again to just simmer down and recharge. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, I'm pretty sure I'm an INTJ is okay. what mine is. Yep. Yeah. But, and that's definitely something that, especially when you're a business owner, you kind of have to balance those things. Of, yep. Yep. Like I am an introvert, but I do need to go out and do things. And yeah. I think positioning yourself and ways really helps too. Yes. You know, I, I do still avoid large crowds a lot of the time, but when I'm in smaller groups, I do I love talking to people mm -hmm. and hearing their stories and 
Yeah. It's not something people often expect when you say you're an introvert. <laughs> right? It's true because I'm fascinated by people and I love meeting people, but I do much better one-on-one or, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I am facilitating a group, that's fine. But if it's going to a networking thing and, you know, meet all the people, I typically don't do that well. I, I latch on to like maybe just a few that I can get to know one-on-one and, you know, connect with and build a relationship after that, rather than just being the social butterfly at a networking event. I have never been able to do that well. Mm, Me either. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least I don't feel that way. Like maybe somebody would would have a different opinion if they've watched me, but it usually feels so like, oh, it just takes a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. It takes a little bit more work. That's that's how it is. Mm -hmm. We have to work at it when we're introverts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So what do you think is maybe the biggest lesson that you've learned this year with the whole experience of starting your business and putting together systems and just really holding on to hope when the world changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing I've learned is, um, first of all, patience. Uh, because when things are quiet and there are those ups and downs of how business can go, especially in the service-based industry, uh, but you have to be patient and it doesn't mean just sitting around and hoping that things are going to happen, but it's, it's still do what you can and do what you can now um, and still have those high hopes for the future. Um, But really being patient and letting things take its course. um, And I think also just giving myself a break too, and being like, you're doing just fine. You're getting started. You know, it takes a while to get growth, you know, and I think a lot of us, hope or want things to happen right away and it just doesn't or things like COVID happens. And so your timetable kind of gets crazy, but um, patience has really paid off for me. And I think that's really something I've learned to embrace are those quieter times. I think that is probably the lesson 2020 is trying to teach all of us (laughs) is patience. Yes. (laughs) I love that. So Maddie, where can people connect with you and get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your business or just, um, you know, connect with you and and learn from you? Yeah, people can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, Maddie Schultz, that's just what I'm on under there. Otherwise, I do have a LinkedIn and Facebook business page. And I know bookkeeping and accounting isn't really a fun topic, but I try to throw in some fun tips and tricks on there. Uh, just to keep things interesting and um, hopefully share some things for business owners that are getting started up. And maybe they aren't at a place where they can afford um, an actual bookkeeper services like mine, but if they can help get people started and keep things maintained until they can, um, definitely have that there and try to provide some value to everyone. Were you an avid LinkedIn user before you started your business? Not really. You know, it was more just that resume thing. Like Mm -hmm. when you went to college, you put what your classes were and all that kind of stuff. But I've definitely um, changed how I've seen it because that is how I've connected with Mm -hmm. some amazing people across the country is just Mm -hmm. from those connections. I am learning to really enjoy LinkedIn. I'm still I'm still getting the hang of it and, you know, remembering to get on there and connect with people. But it's it's kind of a really cool platform for business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's growing and it seems mm-hmm. like they're really trying to uh, 
be what Facebook is kind of yeah. more, which is an interesting mix since it is more right. of a professional site. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it continues to grow, I think. Mm-hmm. I just noticed today that they added stories. So we're recording this on September 25th, 2020. And so I just saw they added stories and I'm just kind of like, oh, now we have to do stories on three platforms. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it can get a lot. <laughs> it can get a lot. You don't have to, by the way, if you're listening, you don't have to do anything on social media if you don't want to or, or just pick one. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, I really highly recommend that everybody listening would just go check her out and hang out because at the very least, you're going to learn something about bookkeeping that maybe you didn't think about or maybe you needed to be reminded about. Um, and I will be sure to post all of those links in the show notes as well. So you can just click on them right there, whether you're watching or listening on the website or if you're on Apple Podcasts, iHeart or Stitcher. So thank you so much, Maddie. And I will be back next week with another brand new episode. Until then, may you be healthy, stay creative and have a dangerous hope. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.